Hello, folks. Welcome to the CCW Safe Podcast. This is Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. And as always, we're here with Rob High. Rob, how are you doing in Oklahoma today? Doing fantastic, buddy. It's just a little hot. <clears throat> yeah, I heard that. Well, that's why we're at 4,000 feet out here because the valley floor stinks. Um, joining me, though, I want to get right to it here. There's been so many cases in the Supreme Court. Everybody's heard about Bruin and some of the others, but I want to kind of give you guys an introduction to the person behind a lot of these things. You know, California might be the cause of a lot of problems in the world. Let's just say that flat out. But people like Chuck Michelle and Michelle Lawyers and Associates are part of the solutions to a lot of those problems. So I want to introduce you folks to Chuck Michelle. Chuck, how's your morning going? All right. Thanks for having me. Good to be talking to you folks. Well, thank you for what you do. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Chuck's been involved with the California Rifle and Pistol Association, major litigation for the NRA. He has been a Second Amendment supporter out here on the West Coast forever. And that's important because, as we saw last week with Gavin Newsom, and was it the 12 or 16 gun control bills he signed to announce the fact he wants to be our president? Right. Um, we have to fight those. So Chuck, let's, why don't we go over a couple of things that happened last week with some of the, or a week and a half ago with some great decisions that came down through the Supreme court and your involvement on that. Well, that was the Bruin case challenging the New York state ban on, uh, uh ca carrying a, a, a handgun in public, unless you had a permit and you couldn't get the permit unless you had some kind of a special need basically, which was like a death threat or being stalked or something very high or or you were politically connected uh, one way or the other that's how you that's how hard it was to get one of those permits uh, and we challenged that so that was a that was a may issue state which in fact hardly ever issued uh, and and uh, that was challenged by the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, sort of the counterpart to this California Rifle and Pistol Association and uh, and after a, a slugfest through the courts, they finally got up to the Supreme Court and won. And so the Supreme Court said that you cannot require some kind of a special need to, uh, to uh, give someone a permit, to a license to carry a firearm, a concealed firearm in public. That has set off, that, is, that has been an earthquake uh, across the states that don't want to issue, including California and New York. And, and, and uh, now you've got this sort of a blue resistance coming about because of the Bruin decision, not just with respect to concealed carry, though, but also with respect to other uh, gun control laws that should be struck down as unconstitutional. Because the Bruin decision not only said you have a right to get a permit to carry for self-defense and you can't require some kind of heightened need because that makes your right a privilege. And it's not a privilege, it's a right. Uh, but it also changed the test that courts now have to use when they're evaluating, judging the constitutionality of a gun control law. And they, and they really changed that dramatically. And that's kind of the, the major case. It's allowing a lot of openings for review um, for some of the laws that we've had to be dealing with. So what exactly was that change? Well, the courts after Heller in uh, you know, 14 years ago, uh, did, there was a lot of judicial resistance from biased judges uh, across the country, but in particular in the Ninth Circuit. And they bent over backwards intellectually to try and come up with some deferential case where 
almost nothing gets struck down. Essentially, they wanted to pull the Second Amendment's teeth so that any challenge to a gun control law would be uh, would fail. Uh, and so there were sporadic victories across the country. We had Peruta a few years ago, where the uh, we got a three-judge panel that actually said uh, you you can't require good cause, which is the California standard. Uh, and then and, and a couple other victories like that. And then they always took the case up to the en banc panel. And in the Ninth Circuit, you have you have the trial court judge, which is one judge. Then you go on appeal, you have three judge panel uh, in the court of appeals, and then you can go up to an 11 judge panel. And then above that, and, and, and there's a, theoretically there's even a full ninth circuit review and then there's the Supreme Court. So there's these layers of appeal, but uh, winning in a three, winning a three judge panel is on a gun control challenge is, was pretty rare. Uh, but when it happened, the presiding judge and, and, and some of the more liberal judges on the Ninth Circuit would then take it up to the en banc panel, the 11 judge panel, because they knew that they could probably overturn the three judge panel's decision at the 11 judge panel level. Long way around the barn of saying they've, they've deprived us of victories that we should have had because they don't like the Second Amendment and they don't like uh, civilian empowerment uh, they, they're, they're part of the, you know, the, the, the progressive way of thinking. And so they set up this test that was very uh, deferential to uh, the legislature. Basically, it, it uh, balanced whatever the legislature said the public's interest was, the government's interest was, against the individual's interest. And this was just an easy way for the judges to put their thumb on the scales because they could always say that the government's interest uh, outweighs the individual's interest, and they could all, always narrow the individual's interest now down to meaning nothing, to meaning basically nothing. It's a bit arcane, but the point is it was rigged, and now it's not because uh, now the court, the Supreme Court, has said you just look at the history of of the bill of the of the Second Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment when the Second Amendment was incorporated against the states, and you look at what kind of gun control laws would have been tolerated at that time. And if the gun control law that's being looked at would not have existed or did not exist, uh, uh, something along, uh, something similar didn't exist back then, then it's not constitutional now. And that's a hard reset. That is a game changer. That is uh, 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 makes for a very different playing field uh, for Second Amendment litigation. You know, one of the other things that happened out of the state of California is we had an attorney general who did not fight for our rights. So at that particular point in time, when all these things went through, Kakala Harris was the one who uh, was our attorney general. And she pushed these things. She, when, when there were motions that needed to be made to defend citizen rights, she backed away and just let it fall off the face of the earth. Uh, when there was something she could push, like the micro stamping bill, she said, oh, this technology exists. Of course, it exists in her and her Joker-like cackling mind, nowhere else. But so she she signs these things and, and sends these things down the road, and then she does damage and then leaves. I'm glad she left, just not happy she's a vice president. But the attorney generals are such an important part of our state legislature, and it's a position everybody forgets about. Uh, in Arizona, we're on stations here in Prescott now. Uh, for Firing Line Radio Show in Arizona, you know, there's a huge fight for Attorney General. They're finally waking up to realize how important that position is for supporting your Second Amendment rights. 
or 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 opposing second amendment or opposing yeah. yeah general as part of the executive branch uh has a lot of power to interpret laws to push certain laws to not push other laws to enforce laws uh with a certain uh, bias i mean yeah th th that that office is a critical office and in california we've had a series of anti-gun attorney generals because that's part of the blue state uh, mentality and uh you know we we basically just in california we just we don't have an, enough republicans to make a difference anymore uh, although even the the democrats are, are a lot of democrats are going independent you got a big uh a swelling group of of independents which we'll see where they come out but the point is you're absolutely right uh, the attorney generals are critical and and thankfully though the attorney generals recognized what the Bruin decision meant. And in California, Attorney General Bonta uh, actually issued a, 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 an information bulletin, some advice to all law enforcement officers saying you can't require a good cause anymore. Yeah, he said, that, it's interesting. He said, you can't require a good cause. This is what the ruling says, and we respect that, but here's your workaround. Right. And he said, now you can enhance good moral character and interpret that, you know, if you ever took a mulligan on a golf game, you're, you're a bad character, so you can't get a CCW. I mean, they just, this is the game they're playing. This is what I'm calling the blue resistance uh, because they don't like the fact that now people will be able to get permits to carry. Uh, they are coming up with other ways to limit it. So they're going to enhance good moral character. They're probably going to put some ridiculous training requirements in place uh, that, you know, it's just so really hard to, to do the hours. Uh, they're going to primarily designate a lot of areas as sensitive places where your permit is not valid. And so, you know, anything within 500 yards of a church, a school, or a stop sign is going to be considered a sensitive place where your permit's no good. And what they're trying to do is make it basically impossible. Like you walk out of your house and maybe you'll have, you know, a small area around you where your permit's valid. And then if you cross the street, you walk right. into a prohibited zone and we're going to just or anybody or, or any any neighbor will be able to put up a prohibited zone hey folks welcome back to Fireland radio show and the ccw safe podcast hope you're having a great day out there you're going to give you some more great information one of the things we learned in our first segment with chuck michelle and and rob high here is that um the states are going to come after us for gun rights, for good moral character. It's going to be one of the things that they're going to count. And I just think we need to have legislation that says you cannot be in government unless you have good moral character. There, I think that'll solve the problem. We'll be able to just run ourselves, not have anybody in charge. So anyway, um, Rob, you had some points you wanted to pick up at the break there that I think are very important and play very well into this. So why don't you pick it up? Well, I, I do. Um... You know, most most of our guys out there know that I'm I'm retired law enforcement. I I have tremendous faith in <laughs> the judicial system where I live. Uh, I've learned that I can't just give a blank check to that same faith in other communities. Um, so when this Bruin decision came out uh, a couple weeks ago. It was already in place. Their next fight was already built. They knew how they were going to respond in New York State. And so, like Chuck was talking about, they came out with all these sensitive places where guns are going to be banned. So you want to you want to make that 
that net as big as you possibly can um, with the tightest the tightest little holes in it. So you really can't can't proceed from one part of town to the other part of town legally, not not in carry concealed. Um, there, there's plenty of places in there that I'm that I'm fine with it. Um, but the thing that gets me is when you when you start affecting one right and it bleeds over and starts affecting all my other rights. Um, you know, California uses the term good cause. Um, New York State used proper cause, but it's the reason my justification why I have the the right to exercise this this constitutional right. Um, and and in terms of that, I want you to think about um, you have a Fourth Amendment right. I'm, I don't have to worry about uh, illegal search and seizure within my home. But let's add proper cause. Um, so suddenly, you know, yeah, you're you're right. You have the right to be secure in your own property if you can prove that right to me. That's the same thing they're they're doing with this gun law. It's just insane. And all of these rights protect each other. They're all kind of built together. They're they're interwoven so beautifully. And if you don't think that they're going to use Second Amendment stuff to attack your First Amendment stuff, here's the other side of uh, New York State's response. They want to do a full review of your social media. You need to disclose all of the accounts that you have so they can go through and make sure you're not some kind of crazy guy out there. Um, but, it, but it's okay, Rob. I mean, they're going to have the fact checkers do it because they've been so accurate so far. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, there's other things. I, I don't have any issue with, with an increased training requirement. You know, I've pushed training in everything I do. I don't, I don't care about we that. Always, I, we, I, we always I, talk about that. I think the issue is how much more onerous are they going to make it? Are they going to make, you know, 40 hours a, a month of training? Yeah. They, can, they can make it over the top. We've right. always said train yourselves. That's your responsibility. And to have the state mandated, I think they're going to abuse that. Well, and then going back into uh, another another point of that is is New York State's got a requirement in there to uh, do an ammunition sales database. Um, there's just certain things in there that that really should be red flags to all of these other rights for you. Um, why why do you need to know what I have, where I have? Um, it, it's just such a slippery slope when you start capitulating to, to this little want or that little want, and then all of a sudden I lose all of my freedoms um, and they just take it a piece at a time. So it, it's, it's worth being involved. It's worth being involved in the fight. Mm -hmm. It's worth, worth speaking your mind. It, you cannot be the silent majority anymore. You have to be verbal and vocal and active. Yeah. And that involves maybe even speaking out on your social media, regardless of the cost. And, you know, that's one of the things that's so amazing here. Um, again, Chuck and I have been doing, he's been on my show for, I don't know, almost 10 years. Matter of fact, holy cow. This week is my 10th year anniversary of the show. Time flies when you're having fun. 
but he's been on since the beginning and we've been talking about all the stuff that's gone on since 2012 assault weapon bans and everything else since then um the database rob just said that new york's talking about a, a database how how'd the database work out in california chuck well yeah you, you know you talk about a slippery slope it's not a slippery slope it's a greased cliff that the, the bureaucrats and politicians who don't like civilians having firearms have been pushing us towards for decades. And Bruin is a hard stop, but it's not enough to keep them from trying. And uh, you guys are absolutely right. They're, they're using, they're trying to, this is all part of an effort to eliminate the gun culture. They don't want to have people able to go to the range, able to go to a gun store, able to go to, to go shoot, to learn how much fun it is to participate in the shooting sports, or God forbid, to choose to have a gun in their house to defend themselves against the bad guy. They don't. They want those options off the table. So the more red tape they can put in the way, or the more bans that they can enact, the less people that are going to get involved and engaged. We've got a COVID response that really inflated the number of gun owners in this country, which is a big was a big pushback on that. But they're still going after gun shows, uh, 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 gun ranges, uh, and now they've got the new ban on my marketing to minors in California, which CRPA will be in court today on. Uh, all of this is an effort to, that, that latest is an effort to make this generation of gun owners the last because you eliminate junior recruiting, you eliminate junior shooting, and you keep the youth out of the shooting sports and, and they keep don't the get educated about guns. You, you keep the youth out of the shooting sports, but they can still play all the first person shooter games they want. Right, right. So we, we remove all responsibility in, in education about firearms and proper training, but you can still play Grand Theft Auto, shoot cops and nuns and steal cars and, you know, buy hose and whatever else they do on that game. I never played it, but, um, you know, they allow that to continue to filter into their mind, but all proper training and, and respect for firearms, they make illegal. Yeah. And, and, you know, you were talking about the attorney general and, 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 and the databases, you know, the, the, the problem is you put, you, you access people's social uh, media. And if some guy's up there saying, oh, I'm going to go down to school and kill people. Great. I want you to find that guy and put a stop to that. But more likely what they're going to do is say that somebody supported a conservative cause has some kind of leaning and potential violence. I and mean, this is, it all, it all gets uh, mischaracterized as racist or whatever, you know, a, a buzzword they want to use to try and condemn an opposing viewpoint. And then that becomes somehow, somehow an indicate they say it's an indication that you don't deserve, they have bad moral character, you don't deserve a permit. But, and then they ask us to trust them with uh, our information. Let us have all this information get, get uh, uh, recorded with the government and, and trust us, we won't let it out. Well, in California, the attorney general uh, put up a portal in the name of transparency about gun information uh, and, and e either accidentally or on purpose, we're trying to get to the bottom of this, you don't accidentally put up a portal. You don't accidentally put up access on a website that requires the installation of a button accidentally. You don't, that's not right. accidentally. Don't give them that right. credit. Right. But he, his claim is, I didn't mean to release their home addresses, which is what He's he a did. Liar. The street addresses of like 200,000 CCW holders uh, in California are now public. So all those people have been essentially doxxed by the government 
You can't trust the government. This is why we don't want a registration database because the government will leak it or misuse it. And so now all these people, and I'm not, I'm talking not just average citizens who had some kind of a threat. Remember in California, you kind of had to have up until mm -hmm. last week, you had to have uh, some kind of a, of a threat that you could show to get that permit. So these people, a lot of these people actually were being threatened somehow. They were in danger somehow, not to mention judges, prosecutors, retired cops, uh, uh, reserve cops are all on this list and now their home address is out there. So imagine some woman or guy for that matter who was stalked and got a permit and took great pains to try and hide their home address so their stalker could not find them. Imagine a celebrity, okay, within, in Hollywood. Uh, and now their name is an address is out there on the dark web you know, forever. There are 200,000 very angry people out here. Uh, so we're looking at putting together some kind of a, lit a litigation response to that. But the investigation, we need to get to the bottom of it and understand exactly how it happened. But, you know, our attorney general, this is the other big problem. He doesn't know how to buy a gun. He, he's clueless when right. it comes to all the details of this. And for all we know, he didn't even understand that the street address for years, for decades, the courts have protected the street address, but not your county and not your name, but the street address was never revealed because they knew it would put people in danger. Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show, CCW Safe Podcast. Um, we're kind of doing a joint show here today, so a little different format than before, but Chuck Michelle is our guest. Chuck Michelle is the legislative director, well not legislative director, that's Rick Travis, but he is the um, well, what's your title at CRPA? Head Poobah, I think, is the uh, correct yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to need a card made up. Uh, 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 emperor. You know, emperor. No, I'm, the, I'm the volunteer That's president the and general counsel for the California yeah, Rifle Pistol Association. It's a labor of love. But uh, CRPA is. has come a long way in the last five years. They've really, really uh, stepped up their game. And now they have to step up it, have to step it up another 10 notches because of the blue resistance to the to the Bruin ruling and all the things, all the games that the legislators are playing to try and uh, still neutralize your right, even though the Supreme Court has told them they, they really can't. Right. They'll, they'll still cheat. That's what they do. Now, um, for those of you who don't know who Chuck Michelle is, he's been involved with the NRA legislation, Second Amendment legislation for years. His company is Michelle Lawyers and Associates out of Long Beach, California. If you need anything, contact them there. Uh, that's his day job. Protecting your Second Amendment is what he does as a hobby, right? So <laughs> this, the, his California Rifle and Pistol Association is not a paying gig. He's, he's doing this because this is what he believes in. But uh, Michelle, lawyers and associates out of Long Beach, if you need some help in that particular I, area. I, I, I am a true believer. Uh, you know, if I wanted to just make money, I would have stayed at a, at a big law firm downtown and represented oil companies. Uh, but th this, you know, it, it means something. A lot of lawyers just fight over money. So it's, it's nice to be part of a cause, part of a movement and doing everything I can. If folks uh, need anything, you know, a lot of our paying clients help subsidize some of our pro bono work for, for gun owners or, or, or the gun cause, uh, the Second Amendment cause. Uh, reach us at help desk, help desk at michellelawyers.com. Maybe you guys can put that at the bottom uh, when, you, when you run this. Yeah, helpdesk at michellelawyers.com. Um, so one of the good parts about being in California is you have a lot of 
a lot of experience in fighting for Second Amendment rights, right? This is, it's never your first rodeo. Um, some of the no, other I, cases that have come up, sorry? I was just gonna say, I have, I have plenty of tire marks on my back from the earlier fights for the Second Amendment, you know, 30 years ago, so yeah. Exactly. So we had the data breach where um, the Bonta sent out, purposely put all everybody's information on a website says download here with all of your information for no particular reason other than to be a pain in our rear ends. And that's going to cause more of a fight. Um, we've also had magazine restrictions. Now, California implemented these magazine restrictions, and we've been fighting those here, pushing it up to the courts. But at the same time, those of you who are listening in Colorado, hey, your state did it. Um, I think there's three or four other states besides New York that have magazine restrictions. And so by taking up the case here, the hardest place to do it, the 11th or the Ninth Circuit Court, because it's been packed with people, you know, Jerry Brown's put a ton of them on that court um, or through the judiciary packed the judiciary from his side all the, and they've made it into the the ninth circuit now um it's a very very liberal court it causes us all kinds of consternation but um a win on these cases through a california case helps everybody else out so what's the what's the deal with the magazine length restrictions well okay so so uh First of all, let me point out the Ninth Circuit composition of the Ninth Circuit has changed a lot thanks to ex-president Trump. Uh, he put some, yeah. some thinkers on there who are not biased. It used to be about two to one Democratic versus Republican appointees. Now it's about 50-50. So I actually got a decent chance of getting a, a panel who, who gets it. Uh, but so we had a uh, primary case in the Ninth Circuit was the Duncan case challenging the ban on possession of magazines that can hold over 10 rounds. We won at the three-judge panel. We lost at the en banc panel, not surprisingly. That was the whole goal of taking it to en banc for the court. They, they took it. Uh, and then we asked the Supreme Court to hear that case. And the Supreme Court held that case, the Duncan case, plus the New Jersey challenge to the large, mag, large uh, the, the, the 10-round magazine ban, and a challenge to Maryland's uh, assault weapon law, so-called, uh, and they held all, all of those cases while they waited for the Bruin decision to come down. And then when that, that decision uh, came down, they, they took all those cases, they granted certiorari, they vacated the rulings, they invalidated all the lower court rulings, and they remanded them. They sent them back down to the lower court, says, reconsider this case now in light of what we just said in the Bruin case. So now all these cases have gone back down to the lower courts to be considered. From wherever they came from, the New Jersey case back to New Jersey, New York to New York, California back to California. Right. So uh, uh, we're, the Duncan case was sent back to the, the lower court. In the meantime, a lot of cases in the Ninth Circuit were held up pending that Duncan decision. Now that that Duncan case has been decided, the CRPA's uh, Black Rifle case uh, has been... Uh, uh, remanded back down to the district court again to be reconsidered. There's another black rifle case in the Ninth Circuit, which had been stayed and they're trying to get it unstayed. There's a, uh, we have Kim Rohde, who we should all know and love, the Olympic uh, uh, clay shooter. Gold medalist. Uh, yeah, um, that, she's our lead plaintiff challenging the ban on uh, uh, internet sales of ammunition and the requirement of a background check just to buy ammo, which is really sort of killed the ammunition market. 
so much work to try and get ammo. Uh, and then there's a challenge to LA County's um, requirement of good cause. They're probably just gonna fold in that case. Uh, and what's the last one? I um, can't believe it's slipping my mind right now, but there, there were, anyway, there was four cases. All of those cases are- Oh, the minor, uh, minor marketing ban. Well, that's a new one, uh, which, which will be filed today. Uh, but the, we have, a, we have, CRPA has a ton of cases going on. There's gun show litigation about trying to ban gun shows. There's taxes, there's San Jose's re insurance requirement. I mean, it's a target rich environment and it just got, uh, just a lot more targets just popped up. So uh, we're very, very involved. But the, 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 the hope is that with this new test, this new judicial uh, uh, standard, to determine whether or not a, a gun control law passes constitutional muster under the Second Amendment, uh, that, that most of these will not. And so we may actually take back uh, some of the California freedoms that we've lost over the last couple of decades as politicians and bureaucrats uh, shoved uh, ill-advised, ill-conceived, useless, don't make us any safer gun control laws down our throats in the name of uh, uh, claiming they make you safer, but really it's about eradicating the gun culture and making it impossible to exercise your right. It's exactly what it is, Chuck, because when we look at their actions, right, you have to judge them by their fruit. And Rob and I have talked about this probably about 10,000 times out of a, out of 500 conversations, we've talked about it 10,000 times. Um, the fact that they let felons out early all the time, they reduce sentences. Gascon is out there saying, oh, you know, he's now saying he's going to defend he's going to defend people who've killed cops i think that's the way this last one went down i, I really can't get my head around all the idiocy that that man has caused folks if you don't know who gascon is he was the da in san francisco and helped flush that city down the toilet and then he came down here to los angeles he's doing his absolute best to make sure that lawlessness prevails in in the city of los angeles and the county of los angeles as, as the da as the da there yeah yeah. So they, they consider, they, they lower all the penalties for crimes. They let felons out early, which if you know me, I can't stand felons. I think we have a super subset of criminals that create the vast amount of all crime right, and that's the failure right. to address those people makes victims out of everybody else. Right, Chuck? I mean, we have this yeah, repeat yeah, offender. Yeah. These guys have rap sheets like a, like a Costco receipt. Yeah, and they and they 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 eliminate the bail requirement. They let them out, uh, no matter what kind of violent tendencies. We just had two cops killed by a a, a guy that they let out early. I mean, it, it's another it's another couple, couple of people killed. Yeah. Another couple of people killed. It's a long list. It's absolutely yes. ridiculous of what's going on, and and the failure to hold these people. Like Gascon's going to be recalled, but we'll see how it happens in LA County. It's a it's a crazy county, but um, there's no repercussions for the people in charge, and that's one of the things I think that galls us us being citizens who are supposed to have accountability in our government that galls us the most. That they can sit up there in, in excremento and write a bill that says I'm going to take all of uh, Rob High's guns away because he wears glasses. And hey, um, we now have to spend $10 million fighting that that bill that came out of nowhere had no constitutional basis and there's no repercussions for the lawmakers. That's one of the most maddening things is they can have their lobbyists just create things. They do the gut and amend, which we talked about last week. They can do the gut and amend and just add stuff in and create havoc. And that's part of the Cloward Priven strategy of just 
just wear the system down and overrun it. And that's one of the things that they're doing. And that's why we have to support these guys at the CRPA, CCW Safe, everybody who's involved in supporting our Second Amendment rights. Hey, folks, welcome back to CCW Safe Podcast. This is Philip Naiman here with Rob High and Chuck Michelle, CD Michelle, Michelle Lawyers and Associates out of Long Beach. They're out there fighting for your rights more than you know. I mean, here it is, and they're in California, but they're fighting cases nationwide. And that's the important thing. You need to help support them if you have the means. You know, the California Rifle and Pistol Association would be the main mean to do that. That's crpa.org, crpa.org. Join, be a member, as Chuck was saying in the break here. If you don't want to be on a list, well, put your dog's name on there. We don't care, but um, you're already on the list. So you're not getting away. They already know who you are. Uh, also, the other um, the other affiliation that Chuck is suggesting is 2ALC.org, Second Amendment Law Center, secondamendmentlawcenter.org, if you want to help fund some of these cases, because as we just talked about, the legislators can write whatever they want. It costs them, it doesn't even cost them the ink and the pen because we supplied the pen to sign these things and put them out there and they do it just to cause damage. So we need to come together and fight these. If you like your second amendment rights that were given to us 200, well given to us by God, but, but put into law in 1789 um, from that point on, if you like that, what those people did back then, your fight today is to get involved legislatively. It's the easiest way to do it and support those two areas there. Um, Chuck, we have our last segment. We want to talk a little bit about, um, the reciprocity, you know, some states allow reciprocity for CCW, like Arizona is one, uh, and some of the others. How, how is, how are these cases going to affect that nationwide? Well, uh, it's interesting. Typically the, the, the a licensing reciprocity structure is, you know, with a marriage license or a driver's license, the states, uh, work out some kind of an agreement where they respect each other's, uh, licenses it's called comedy c-o-m-i-t-y and and that's a legal doctrine which is historically it's not really been based on like a fundamental right so once you get the license in one state you should you know just just like the right to keep and bear arms did not end at your front porch you know the bear arms carries out into public your right to bear arms with the permit from the state that you live in uh, arguably extends beyond the border of that state. Although this is all new. This is uncharted territory now. You know, there are, you can get a non-resident permit in other states. You know, I have one in Utah that's good. And I think 15 states now. Uh, so I don't know how that's gonna shake out in reality. Uh, we will, I, it's, Arguing that I want my California CCW to apply in Nevada is, I, I just, it's, I definitely want to put that in court, but it's not one of the first things. We have to prioritize these things and, you know, bans on certain type of, uh, of firearms. You can't even, in California, there's this unsafe handgun act, which results in a roster of handguns that you can buy in the the, the roster is down to like 10% of the modern uh, handguns on the market. So we just have to do things to get people back some of their choices on what firearms they can own and where they can have them and, and, and who can have them. Uh, and then we're definitely going to get around to uh, the other fights. But uh, it's definitely, like I said, it's a target-rich environment. 
and a lot of targets just popped up these laws. You know, I write a book on California gun laws. It's about 600 pages long. I'm looking forward to maybe printing that as a pamphlet one day because uh, most of those laws get knocked out. If, <laughs> we, if we, have we those, actually we have the funds, we'll do it. We actually did a show on that. Rob did some research and he says, okay, you know, because CCW safe is a nationwide podcast. And so what are your laws here? What are your laws there? And then he pulls up California's and he kind of hit the floor. He's like, how can you possibly walk around with an encyclopedia of gun laws? Right, right. It's, it's more complicated than tax or environmental laws out here. But corporations that have to deal with tax and environmental laws have corporate compliance counsel on staff. Joe Sixpack, gun owner, does not have a lawyer sitting in his closet, gun lawyer, ready to advise him. But you gotta, you got to keep in mind, folks, that no matter where you are in this country, the California folks are just leading the cause. They're not, it's not like somebody in Texas uh, sees something in California, some politician, and decides they want to try and adopt it in Texas. California uh, politicians, bureaucrats, and gun ban advocates are pushing these ideas in every other state and federally. So it's coming soon. What starts in California, you know, we call California the moldy petri dish of gun control. It's the, that's where they do all their tests, but it's coming soon to a neighborhood near you, no matter where you live, because that's how they're paid to push it. Bloomberg puts billions of dollars into this fight and they push their ideas across the country because we're really in a battle for America's soul right now. It's a cultural war and guns are sort of the tip of the spear. Well, and, you know, California does it, but like, like you'd mentioned earlier, um, your, your blue states just dominate the, the landscape with these kind of laws. You know, Illinois is, is way up there, uh, New Jersey, New York state, um, you know, even, even a, a family in New York, say my my grandpa is a is a retired NYPD officer, and he's got a couple of service weapons, and all of a sudden he passes away, and they're they're showing up at people's doors to recover those firearms. It's just like good grief, um, you know. Law enforcement has been covered um, as far as being able to carry under LEOSA under HR two eighteen. Um, you know, New Jersey made the decision a few years back that, yeah, it only requires, you know, that only applies to you if you worked in the state of New Jersey and retired in New Jersey. The rest of the law enforcement guys from all over the country, you can't come to my state. Um, you know, that one got recently overturned. Um, but still, I mean, I'd be extremely cautious as to where I was, I was going to go. You know, Phil and I talk about that all the time as far as uh, jumping out there and making sure that as you're traveling, that you do a little bit of research and understand state to state what I can legally do and cannot do. Because even if I've got reciprocity, there's still going to be some different, some different laws in effect and how I can transport, whether I can carry in certain places, magazine capacities, whatever. So um, your, your own commitment to research that kind of thing is is really really a, a huge responsibility individually so you know thank god we got people like chuck out there that are that are fighting the fight for everybody across the board but at the same time you know we we have to be cognizant and and not make his job 
too incredibly difficult. We have a say in this. <clears throat> yeah, in the last place, you know, one of the other things we've always talked about, Rob, is is discretion, right? Um, when do you pull your firearm, you know, and, and brandishing and uh, all the other things that usually are not a great idea. Um, well, it comes down to the same thing here is you don't want to be a test case. You want to understand what the laws are. You don't want to be the guy who gets stopped by a overzealous CHP who may or may not understand the correct law and hooks you up, even though the gun was in your trunk and even though you thought it was fine. Um, but he opened it up and there was a loose round that was touching the receiver of the firearm. He considered that a loaded firearm and out of your case and, and away you go. You just don't want that fight. You know, so you have to understand what the laws are and you have to make sure that you're over and above them because the last thing you want to do is have a, a simple mistake follow you the rest of your life. And we're talking about felons going in and shooting a place up. We're talking about a guy who's got a nine to five job or, or a 6 a.m. to 2, 3 p.m. job, you know, working his tail off, whose life is materially changed by a crazy law that was overzealously impacted on him. Yeah, unfortunately, the legacy of bad gun control laws, it's not safety, it's accidental criminals. Good people who didn't right. understand what the law was because it's so complicated, accidentally violated it and find themselves being prosecuted. I've, I've represented thousands of people in that situation. I don't represent people that pull the trigger or kill somebody. I represent people who, who got caught up in a, in a hyper-complex uh, regulatory scheme that's impossible for the layman to understand. It's impossible for judges to understand and uh, accidentally broke a law. And now they're, they have to fight to, to be able to keep, to not become a felon. So uh, yeah, I don't need test cases. I don't need martyrs. We have plenty, I, I have civil test cases. I don't need criminal test cases. Yeah. Hey, I wanna thank my special guest here, Chuck Michelle. Um, Michelle Lawyers and Associates. Again, folks, take a look at the CRPA. California Rifle and Pistol Association has started a lot of these cases, just like the New York Rifle and Pistol Association and everybody else's. Find an organization that you can work with, support them, help them with that. The 2A Law Center, 2ALC.org is another one to give to if you want to help support these causes. I want to release this man so we can get back there, keep fighting for our rights. Chuck, thank you for what you do. You're an awesome American and uh, even an okay Californian, if uh, people knew the, knew the truth, right? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, one guys. Of, one, of, one of a few. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate the time and help, helping us get the word out about this. It's important for everybody to get involved, get educated, stay involved. So, uh, you know, subscribe at crpa.org for the bulletins, if nothing else, because uh, education is the first step towards power. All right. God bless. God bless, guys. See you next time.